0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit
1: Ellerslie.com. Eric, all this week we've been walking through your message from Sunday, The Roar of a Lion. For those who haven't listened to it yet, which again, I'd encourage them to do so by going to Ellerslie.com. And going to the sermons tab, could you just give a quick description of what we've been kind of fleshing out all this week in terms of this roar of the lion?
0: Yeah, we've been talking about the voice of the Lord through Scripture, which is uh, described in uh, quite in an amazing amount of detail uh, in Scripture, so a surprising amount of detail. And it's described as uh, the sound of many waters, like Niagara Falls, it's described as the roar of a lion, it's described as thunder and trumpet blasts, and so very loud noises. And so for many of us that only consider sort of the the very soft, still uh, voice of God as being the way God speaks... Uh, we're sort of missing out on a lot of what the prophets in the Old Testament, who encountered the voice of God speaking, uh, heard. And I think for many of us, we're tuned into a soft voice, but we're not tuned into a mighty voice. And so we've, we have we unpack that on Sunday, but we've also been unpacking that this week is the significance of tuning into the frequency that God is on. And that oftentimes we don't want to hear God's booming voice that cuts through our fog and speaks with... Absolute clarity to us. Paul is going to reference, you know, if if a trumpet blast does not make a distinct sound, how do the uh, how does the military uh, the armed men know how to to even go to war? How would they know if they don't hear something distinct and clear? God gives us a distinct sound. He gives us a clear sound, and that's His word. His word is like the roar of a lion. It is like a trumpet blast, and it is meant to call us into very specific action. And the there's no real excuse that can work for us as Christians. What we struggle with is, I don't want to hear what God has to say clearly, because then I'm not accountable to it. The best thing we can do as believers is to humble ourselves and say, God, speak clearly. I want to know what you have to say, even if it leads to my discomfort. So we've been unpacking that throughout the week, and uh, I guess we could continue to do that today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a statement you made in the sermon on Sunday that was... That was just really impactful to me. I was like, "That, I mean, it makes so much sense. I've never thought that before." And it actually comes from that passage in Revelation 19, where you are unpacking this idea that, okay, the, the, as you just said, the voice of the Lord is like a lion, the voice, or the voice of the Lord is like the rushing rivers. But then you read this passage about the church and the fact that the church has a similar sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just, let me just read it. It's such a powerful declaration in a Revelation 19:6. It says, then I heard something like the sound of a great multitude, as a sound of many waters, and as a sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. And, and it continues from there. And th- there's just this beautiful understanding that not only does God speak powerfully, like a roar, but when he moves into the body of Christ, we, it's like just like as we bear his name and we, hmm. we're known as Christians, strangely, we bear bear his voice. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a roar thundering out of our lives. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? I think it's just a beautiful declaration.
0: Well, there's, I've taught communications for years. I don't do it like I used to. But back in the day, uh, before Ellerslie, I dealt with a lot of professionals in regards to communication. And God was doing something in me the whole time because I wanted to lay a biblical foundation for uh, communication. As I was studying Jesus, it's like he violates every single thing that I innately know is effective. So when I'm studying effective communication, I'm like, okay, you don't do this. You don't do this. You don't do this. Jesus did all of them. And, uh, for instance, speaking with a loud commanding voice is actually not an effective way in our modern culture to woo people to what you want to say, because you sound too authoritative. People don't respond to that. That's why they call it preachy. You don't, don't get preachy. And then God says, get preachy. I mean, How how am I supposed to respond to this? Jesus is going to come up and poke people in the eye and say, what do you think? And he's going to heal on the Sabbath day. Don't you know your audience, Jesus? That is the worst thing you can do unless you want to die on a cross. And you sort of recognize that Jesus is doing something different than most of us are doing in our life. He's obeying. He's doing what God wants done on earth. We're doing what is the most convenient and comfortable, what will lead to the most advantageous position for ourselves. And so when you recognize that we as the church are supposed to house the voice of God, in a sense, we're supposed to be living epistles. If the word of God speaks with a roar, if it speaks like thunder, if it speaks like the sounds of many waters, like Niagara Falls, what are we supposed to sound like? And we're supposed to emit a roar. We're supposed to emit a strength. And so when you look at the idea of preaching in Scripture, you're going to recognize that's exactly what it is. It's like a trumpet blast. And it's it's not actually very attractive to, to many people. And I have some personal experience in this. When I was growing up, I never heard preaching. I have one situation when I was young that I could say, maybe I heard it then, because I remember a guy speaking really loudly in the church. Okay. But I was young and I was visiting a church. And so that's my lone memory, but I'd never even heard of it. I just knew teaching. So when a pastor gets up on Sunday, he teaches from the word. It's so just how it works. And so when God was moving in me, it was this one day, Leslie put her hand on my shoulder and says, God, make my man to pray like a man. It, was, you know, it took me a little off guard, her prayer. I was like, what does she do think I pray like? And I decided to agree with the prayer because I wanted to pray like a man. Didn't know what that meant. But about 15 to 30 seconds later, a prayer came out of me with so much force and gusto. It nearly knocked me back against the wall. It was so powerful. And I... I didn't understand what was fully going on, but I've likened it to a lava pool opening up inside of me. And the next time I got up to teach, it didn't come out the way I'd always taught. And the best thing I could describe it as is preaching, where I began to speak with authoritative force. If this is what God's word says, then this is what is true to us as Christians. And people in the audience are like, what is going on here? I didn't know what was going on. But I've since come to recognize what it is. And it is a preaching voice. And even as I was doing it, I recognized I was violating some cardinal rules of communication in 21st century America. And that is, you don't sound as if you know what is true. You have an opinion, and you supply an opinion. You say, "Hey guys, this is just a thought, and that maybe all of you can consider." But that's not how preaching works. Preaching violates that. And what's interesting is God is going to go out of His way, uh, and through Paul, to clarify that it's through the foolishness of preaching that God is going to get His job done. And yeah. so. It's been very significant for me to understand that God chooses—you And I, I, you and I both know how people have responded to Eric's preaching over the years. Some people will come in, into our church and love it. It's like, I've never heard this before. Other people will be greatly offended, and they will confront us as a ministry to say, hey, you know, I don't like the volume swells that this guy has. What's funny is I don't even try and add volume. I just want to be obedient. And so when it comes out with force, it's because God is stirring within me. I, I know the rules of speech and I'm not trying to violate them you know, purposely. However, there is something stirring within me. Here's what I've learned over the years. There is a power to preaching that the spirit of God can kindle upon. It's like dry wood and it can God can use it. Even though it's foolish, God can use it. And it's like, if I had a pulled muscle, Okay, in my leg, let's say in my quadricep. Well, I can uh, put like one of those Bengay or like icy hot, one of those mentholatum types of ointments on it. And it has a certain effect. And I can feel it's like cold or hot. It's sort of a cool feeling. And yet it doesn't dig down deep and reach deep into my muscle. So if I have a deep muscle bruise or anything, what I need to do is I need to put a hot, Wet towel on top of it and then when that happens it has a whole different effect and it's like it drives it deep into the muscle That's preaching preaching is like taking the truth and putting a hot wet towel Upon it and driving it deeper into the human than teaching can because teaching is mind-to-mind And so I'm evaluating your words I'm listening to your concepts and your ideas and your philosophies, but I'm weighing them and I'm doing it with my mind whereas preaching the thunderclap is going to bypass just the mind and it's going to touch the spirit of a man. It's a spirit unto spirit, it's a deep unto deep. And as a result, I can actually win someone to the gospel that would have thought their way out of it or reasoned their way out of it if I had just used the more intelligent and appropriate means of communication, which is to teach. And so nothing against teaching, I teach all the time. But there is something about the willingness for the vehicle, the instrument of God to preach, to speak with authority that has a profound impact
1: upon the audience. I think it's probably important to note that when we're talking preaching, we're not just even talking about the level of volume, because yep. you can scream in teaching, and that's not what we're talking right. about. And you can actually scream from a sermon, and that may not, may not be preaching either. <laughs> <clears throat> in other words, but it is a conviction, it's a passion. Yeah. But it's a, it's an authority of standing upon truth. Yeah. And it's a deep pressing. And allowing that Holy Spirit to bring about sh- almost a sharpness in the words for the sake yeah. of life changes, not just yeah. for information, it's for the radical transformation of of a soul. Yeah. For someone who's listening and they're trying to evaluate, okay, well then, what does this look like in my life? I, I'm not a I'm not a preacher. Uh, I'm not a pastor. Uh, you know, there's a lot of excuses that we can give of like, all right, well then, that's great for Eric. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord! You can keep screaming. Uh, <laughs> we love it. Thank you. What does that mean for my life? In other words, it is it is interesting that in the Revelation 19 passage, the whole body of Christ has the roar. Do you have any thoughts in terms of just what does this mean practically day to day in terms of, you know, here here's this. Uh, here's this young lady who's like, "Well, I don't know if I want to have a growl. Uh, you know, here here's a guy who's saying, "Well, I'm not called to be a pastor or a quote unquote preacher. Yeah. how do I how do we develop this roar as the body of yeah. Christ?
0: I, I would say you need to realize that you're an instrument and you're not the player of the instrument. God is. So when you hand your life over to Jesus Christ, in a sense, you become his instrument. You're bought and paid for, and you're no no longer your own. What he wants to play through you, is what we're talking about the sound the noise that he wants to make which is oftentimes going to feel very foolish to you as a human we have that human sensitivity that social correctness sense and it's like ah, this isn't going to translate well god please never ask me to say this and that's that's our stumbling block right there is when we hand our life over to jesus and we say god i'm willing to be used your way it's going to look different for me than it would for even you as you know, we work in a very similar theater, but you speak different than me. You don't, you don't try and speak like Eric. And if you did, it would be awkward for everyone. Amen. You speak, (laughs) Hey, don't, don't amen that so quick. Uh, but you need to speak as God plays you. And that's one of the things that we hold to very, uh, as a very important theme for all of those that teach at Ellerslie, because all of us are very unique communicators if you come to ellerslie dan mcconaughey is nothing like nathan johnson and he's also nothing like eric ludy but the truth that he speaks is very similar that's that's odd that the vehicle that like for instance one of us might be a a wind instrument one might be a percussion instrument we're different but we're still being just the
1: kazoo so you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) but in other words we though we may sound different we're being played by the same musician Yeah. And the same spirit is working in us to create an orchestral arrangement. And so that's where it's important to recognize we're all being played and conducted by the same spirit. But the way we sound is going to be unique. And for some of us, it comes out in the willingness to just come up to people that we don't know and share Jesus with them. And oh, it feels so foolish when we do it. If any of you have ever had that moment when you're first, you're taking your first steps forward and sharing Jesus. And by the way, it's not just first steps; you can feel it in your hundredth step, in your thousandth step forward, where it feels like just socially wrong for me to stop this person who's getting in their car and say, excuse me, can I ask you a question? They're in a hurry. Just leave them be. We have social sensitivities and it violates them when we allow God to play us. And so that would be my encouragement is not to define what it's supposed to sound like, but submit. To god and say god i'm not sure what sort of instrument am i am i a kazoo like nathan (laughs) am i a saxophone am i a percussion instrument am i a tuba what am i (laughs) i don't know but you know make the sound come out of me that you intend and even though it may feel foolish at first i trust that you are taking what would be deemed foolishness to men and using it to change people's lives
1: i think a great illustration of that is even the gospels Mm-hmm. That these are God's very words, and yet He's using the distinct personalities of the writers to communicate truth. And Matthew's yeah. gospel is so different than Mark, yeah. which is different than Luke's. You know, being a doctor, he's very yeah. detailed, which is very different than John's. Yeah. And it's amazing how they're all the Word of God, and yet God is playing the individual to declare His Word in a very powerful—that's right—a very powerful way. Maybe just in closing, or maybe one other thought too, I just had. It is interesting in this passage that if if we we're going to have that same roar of God, it's going to demand that we're tight with God. Mm-hmm. In other words, we can't mimic his sound. We can't mimic his voice. Mm-hmm. We need him indwelling our lives and producing that within us. So I, I think it's just a good reminder for me that in our generation, we tend to we actually wanna maybe mimic, but not actually have the reality of mm-hmm. who God is in our life. Yeah. And I think it's really important to recognize that the only way that this church can actually do and have that voice of God is that they're actually filled with the very presence right. of God himself. Yeah. I think that's really important to note. Just as we're wrapping up this week, talking about the voice of the Lord, talking about this roar of the lion, would you just give like a final commission to all those who are listening just to kind of wrap up the week and kind of put a yeah. little cherry on top in terms of just all these little pieces that we've been talking about oh. throughout this week? The word of God is true.
0: It is right. It is like silver purified in the furnace seven times over. It is trustworthy, and it wants to cut through our fog. Many of us complain about the fog that we have, the confusion we have in our lives. Like, God, you're not speaking to me clearly. It's actually not the fact that God's not speaking clearly. He's given us his word. He is speaking clearly. We don't really want to hear it. And so sometimes it begins with us humbling ourselves and saying, God, I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to hear what you have to say to your church. Here's my ear. Pierce it through with an all. I want to dedicate my, my listening to you, and I'm ready as the bondservant to receive your word, to hear what you have to say to your church, and to do what you're asking of your church. The church right now is weak. We're on the ropes, but we have a God who jealously loves us and is desirous to lift us out of this... A sleepy state that we're in and animate these limbs so that we can truly boom uh, like many waters uh, and this earth can once again hear the epic, the grand, the majestic voice of God in and through us as his instruments. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.